How to get people to take you more seriously. Four secrets. I'm going to be taking four people from the same place and showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of exactly what they're doing that does and does not work for them so that you can take what works for them and incorporate that into your daily repertoire and get people to take you more seriously so that the next time you have to deliver a presentation or deliver a message to one person, a hundred people, it doesn't matter. If you incorporate these things, people will take you more seriously. If, however, you're doing some of the don'ts, you're doomed. So let's get started. If this is the first time you've been to this channel, I'm communication skills expert, trainer, author, and keynote speaker, Dan O'Connor. And my specialty is what's called tactical communication. What that means is, on this channel, you're going to be getting specific verbal and nonverbal tactics that have been proven to increase the odds of you achieving your communication goal, whatever that goal may be. And for more specific tools like this, at the end of the lesson, I'm going to be giving you some free tools that go along with this lesson. That'll be a link to my website, danoconnertraining.com. There you will also find more specific tools to communicate with more power, tact, and finesse. So check those out and you'll be getting the link for the tools that go along with this at the end of today's lesson. Okay, so what I have decided to do today is take clips from four people. The reason I've chosen these four people is because according to recent polling, two of them have been found to be extremely credible recently. Two of them have been found to be not so credible recently. While we watch these clips, ask yourself, do I find them to be credible? or not, and why. Then we're gonna review exactly why at the end, and you can very easily incorporate what they're doing that works and stop doing what they're doing that does not work. Are you ready? Let's watch person number one, Brad Smith. Brad Smith is the head of Medicare Innovation. I'm not sure what that is, but he was invited to speak at the last press briefing, and here's what he had to say. You ready? Hit it, Brad. Within, over the series of a couple of different calls, we've aligned on what those goals are. Mm -hmm. For every state, this is greater than 2% of their population in the entire state being tested in May. And for many states, it's a much higher number than that. Alrighty, what'd you think of that? On a scale of one to 10, how credible do you find him? How trustworthy would you say he is? One being not at all trustworthy, 10 being very trustworthy. All right, now let's move along to number two, Dr. Deborah Burks. All right, Deborah, take it away. So we're looking at states and metro areas as individual, individual areas. We talked before how each of these curves are different. Each of the Cates' experiences are different. We have some states like California and Washington State, Oregon, that never really had a peak. All right, that was inspiring. So what did you think of that? One to 10, one being not at all trustworthy, 10 very trustworthy. Okay, mark your score. Now let's move along to number three, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Hit it, Fauci. What, what, if you talk about the entire country, the whole 360 million people in this country, the risk is a low risk. I think the point you're making is that since we haven't done yet, but will happen really soon, the testing into the community, how do we know the risk is low? I would imagine it's still gonna be low regardless of that. What happens in real time, which is the reason why we do this so frequently, is that things can change. But right now, today, on this day, Monday, if you look at the country as a whole, the risk is low. All right, and wrapping things up, let's go to Governor Cuomo. 
You're on, Cuomo. Let's talk about addressing the critical need in that hot spot. Once that hot spot turns, because you have an apex and then you have a curve, and the curve is relatively All right, get the short. Hook. Okay, so based on those four clips, what I did was I just took four random clips of these people speaking. Those are going to be very representative of how they speak. I didn't take a good clip or a bad clip. That's how they speak. What did you notice? Now, before I get to the recent polling as to who is and is not found to be credible, let me tell you about the four things that we're going to be focusing on in this two-part series. This is part one of this two-part series. So remember, for part two, make sure not to just subscribe to this channel, but do subscribe, but to hit the notification bell so that you're one of the first people to hear what not to do and you can stop doing it and start doing the things that work. So make sure to hit that button. The four things that we're going to be going over during this two-part series are volume and pitch, melody, hand gestures, and speaking from the right palette. In this video, we're going to be talking about just melody and pitch and hand gestures. So what do you notice about our first two contestants, Dr. Burks and Mr. Smith? If you are Dr. Burks or Mr. Smith, I'm sorry, but you have hit the bottom of the polls. <laughs> People do not find you to be trustworthy. And I'm not making a judgment as to whether you are or are not trustworthy. I am, however, making a suggestion. If you're watching this, Mr. Smith or Dr. Burks, stop ending your sentences on an up note. Because when you do that, people find you to be not trustworthy and they find you not to be too credible and therefore they won't pay attention to you. Tip number one, watch your melody. All of us have a speaking range. All of us have a melody, kind of a song that we sing when we speak. If you look over video of both of them, you will notice that they end a lot of sentences where the final note in the sentence is the highest note in the sentence. That's not normal. Don't do that. But a lot of us do that. I was surprised when I first heard Dr. Burks speak because I was listening to her and I was like, who hired a Kardashian to work on the coronavirus task force? And when I saw who she was, and I read a little bit about her, I have to say I'm impressed with her very distinguished career, and it appears to be that she is a woman who is very dedicated to what she does, is very educated, and seems like a really nice, good person. People would know that and trust her more if she stopped ending her sentences on an up note. Even if you do tend to go up at the end of your sentences, look at how Governor Cuomo, he might go way up, but he ends down. So even if when he goes way up, he'll end down in the sentence. He uses his entire range, but he doesn't stop up there. He will always, if he's going to stop, stop even if it's just a little bit at the end of the sentence. He will make it end on a down note. He would never have the end of his sentence be the highest note in the sentence. It always is going to come down at least one note from the second to the last note. And Dr. Fauci, again, you know, Dr. Fauci talks more like this, but you'll notice he would never end on an up note. He might raise his tone and go up a little bit as he speaks, but he would always, at the end of the sentence, make sure that the final note is lower than the one that came before it. That's the way anyone who believes in what they are saying speaks normally. So for Dr. Bergs and Mr. Smith, I'm not sure if you've watched too many episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, or maybe you've listened to too many people speak 
who are not sure of what they're saying. But I do not judge you to be untrustworthy. I do, however, judge the way you speak to convey a message that is untrustworthy and that does not inspire trust in people, which is why, according to latest polling, you're sucking air. Stop doing that. If you stop doing that, now this is your free lesson, Dr. Burks and Mr. Smith. That's the only free one you're going to get, except for the other free lessons on this channel, which come out at least twice a week. Stop doing that, and your numbers in the polls will go up. Right now, they stink. Number two thing. Take a look at these two videos, okay? I'm going to show you once again, Dr. Burks and Mr. Smith, as they walk up to the podium and start to speak. Ten seconds. Here we go. How inspiring. Now let's look at our other two contestants, Governor Cuomo and Dr. Fauci. Look at them. What is the striking difference between the two of them? Yeah, you will notice that Cuomo and Fauci extensively use their hands as they speak. Now, as they speak, the hand movements and the gestures that they're using might have absolutely nothing to do with what they're saying. However, they're moving their hands as they speak. That's what human beings do. When we evolved as human beings, one of the things that we would do is we would look at another human being when we met them, either in the jungle or the bush or the tundra or wherever we would meet them. We would meet them and the very first place we would look was not their eyes or their face. The very first place we would look is their hands because we needed to know, are you safe or not? Are you going to be a dangerous person? Are you going to be a danger to me specifically? How do we know that most quickly? Not by someone's gaze, but by what they're holding in their hands. Are you having, are you holding a rock or a spear? Because if you are, that's going to be a sign that I don't want to get too close to you because you could possibly be dangerous. If however, you're meeting me like this, hi, I'm going to know, well, at least you're not going to throw a javelin through my eyeball. We still do that. We look at people's hands. And when we can't see somebody's hands, when they hide them, or when they unnaturally have them at their sides and are not moving them, we get suspicious. What's wrong? What's going on here? Why aren't you moving your hands? Why are your hands hidden? Why can't I see them? So you'll notice both Cuomo and Fauci are putting their hands up and moving them in big gestures in front of their face or around their face. You can't miss their hands. The other two, it's as if they walked up to the podium and they both know the only gestures that really fit their melody and the way that they're speaking would be type of gestures like this. And so instead of going like this as they speak and saying, well, this is what I'm saying and, I, and this is really the, the only thing that really fits with what I'm saying, they have learned I'm just going to glue my hands on the podium and that's better than that. At least I'm not sending two messages that are confusing messages saying, I don't know what I'm saying. Now, again, I'm not judging you for that. Either one of them. I believe that you both know what you're saying much more than I would if I were in your position, especially. <laughs> However, your hand gestures and your tone of voice are not conveying that because there's a big difference between somebody who's talking like this and is sounding sometimes just very desperate about what they're saying and somebody who's talking like this and when they're speaking, at least all of their sentences are ending on the proper note and they have the right melody, you know, because if you listen to two melodies, you know, there, there is a big difference between one melody like this and another melody like this. 
right? Melodies convey emotion. And when the melody that you're speaking with, when the melody that you're using is conveying an emotion that's very unsure, that's going to be the overriding emotion in what you're saying, along with visuals. We're visual people. So when your visuals are strong, at least you're using them and you're confident in what you're saying, when you are confident in what you're saying, that inspires confidence in others. When you are sure of what you're doing, other people will be sure of what you're doing as well. So remember, if you do not yet know what your melody is, if you haven't listened to yourself speaking, record yourself in a regular conversation and play it back. Record yourself delivering a presentation and listen to it when you're in private. Now, the chances are the first time you listen to yourself, if you've never done it, you're going to barf because it's horrible. It's the worst torture in the world. It's what most people are not willing to do. If you are willing to do it, one session of listening to yourself with a purpose knowing what you're looking for and what you're going to make changes in is worth a hundred hours at Toastmasters is worth a hundred hours in speech class or in communications class, learning different theories as opposed to applying them to your own voice. If you can do that, listening to yourself, finding out what your melody is and making a conscious effort to change your melody, to not end on a high note, or to not always have the same tone, or to change your mess, to change your melody up. If it's very repetitive, to change it up so it's not always the same. Because if you're boring yourself when you listen to yourself, you're going to be boring everyone else ten times more. In addition to that, to change, to implement some hand gestures. If you do not naturally use your hands, maybe you're from a culture who has trained you not to use your hands. The next time you're in a conversation where you can practice, you know, like a no risk, no judgment conversation, tell, you know, like if you're with your mom, you know, tell your mom, hey, I'm practicing using my hand gestures. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to right now. I'm not at a table or anything. My, my elbows are floating in the air. Float your elbows in the air with your hands a little bit like as if you were to go like this and play the harmonica you know, so that your fingers are right about touching your lips. Hold your elbows so that they're floating in the air and Talk to people like this so that your hands are sitting right in front of you. And you will notice, like, as I'm doing this, I'm trying, I wasn't consciously trying to do anything. I was trying to kind of keep them stable. But as you speak, they're going to start moving. And then they'll start to move a little bit more. And if you keep them up there and you don't move them away and just let them do what they're going to do, you will notice that you'll start to use your hands more. And the more you use your hands, it will begin to be natural for you. You can do that. Force your hands to be in front of you and your hands will start to move by themselves. All right. Now you can learn some more advanced body language signals to send so that when people are listening to you, you can actually send a message just with your hands that causes people to think things like, yeah, I believe that what you're saying is based on research. You're not just making this up. Or if I'm going to remember just one thing about everything that you're saying, it's going to be that. Or things like, I know you're telling me everything that you have to tell me and you're being honest. I mean, you can send extraordinary messages just with your hands. And I can teach you how to do that. In our Step Out of the Shadows and Speak course, you can find that and many, many, many more lessons on specific tactics that you can implement to cause other people to think certain things about the message you're sending. Now, that's going to be in our Step Out of the Shadows and Speak course, which, by the way, is included in the VIP All Access Pass. I think you're really going to like that more. 
make sure to check out the free materials that go along with this lesson. They're just like our premium materials, but they're free, and you can get all of those at the link that's right up above here now. So click that link, grab those materials, and then come back here. But before you go anywhere, make sure to subscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell so that you'll be the first to know when new videos like this come out, and help other people by sharing this video on Facebook and Twitter and wherever else people go to get information like this. Once you've done all of those things, then watch some more of these great videos and remember this above all else. Above all else, remember, no matter what message you are sending, this is the one tip that I can give you that will pertain to every message you ever send from now until the end of time. No matter what you're saying, no matter to whom you're saying it, no matter how difficult the message may be, as a savvy communicator, you can help raise the global dialogue, pull it out of the cosmic toilet swirly that it's currently spiraling down, and really heal the world one conversation at a time. The way you do that is by making sure that no matter what message you're sending, you say it in a loving way. You can do that. I can help you. So come back here for more of these lessons and let's do that. All right? This is Dan O'Connor from everyone here at Dan O'Connor Training, signing off.